For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Thank you for joining the Believe in Vikings show with BMAC and Baker. I am your host, Dustin Baker. I'm here with Brian McKinney, who played for the Vikings, Ravens, and Dolphins. Super Bowl triumphant with the Ravens, of course, not with the Vikings or the Dolphins. Um, and Tonight, we're joined by Sal Spice and Ron Saw, and we're chatting about the state of the Vikings, the loss to Detroit, that naughty loss, and then the upcoming Colts agenda. And we're also, we have a surprise guest, Edron James who has the Miami Connect with Brian McKinney. is going to hop on the show about halfway through and give us some of his Colts insights. So that's kind of neat. Uh, first and foremost, we're talking about betonline.ag. Basketball is back, and BetOnline remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You'll find all of the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. And as your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. And the Vikings, of course. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. And use this promo code, that's why you're here, B-L-E-A-V, believe, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Believe in Vikings following a loss to the Lions, a regrettable one that I guess the group for the most part here foresaw coming, but maybe not quite as a little bit more competitiveness would have been preferred. But Bryant, you notably hinted that this could happen, and it did. Um, Was this kind of how you thought it would play out when the Lions won by 11? I think it would be by 11. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, y'all were saying I had the, the Lions was playing, you know, kind of good or whatever, but I think this is a team, like, okay, this is a game that'll wake them up. I feel like they should have a better game after this. You know what I mean? So I'm seeing them probably finish, like, with four losses overall, which yeah, is still keeping them in good shape. Oh, certainly. Um, that would mean there, that only mean there will only be one left. Right. <laughs> I can see one more sneaking up in there. Um, but, I mean, the Lions, they, they are on a roll, like we said. And um, I guess they're, you know, trying to end the season off on a good note. And they're trying to be spoilers for teams, too. You know what I mean? So, and that's, and that's normally how it happens. You have teams like those who um, are kind of battling for the playoffs, but they at least want to be spoilers for other people who they can tell are making it. You know, and then maybe they underestimated them a little bit. Um, you know, it's kind of based off record and, you know, beating them early in the season, but to go to Detroit, I guess, you know, with the momentum they have, you know, is going to cause them a little trouble. 
that game for the Lions was also season saving in the sense that it keeps their wild card wild card hopes alive. And it, if any of you are as geeky as me and you play around with the machines, the Lions actually have a realistic path to the wild card. And it's not like the Packers where they need like four weird things to happen and they run the table. The Lions can actually probably lose one more game and get a little help, but they are in a decent shape solely because they, they beat the Vikings. Uh, Sally, I can't remember how Ron landed, but Sally, I know you and I feared what happened, and it came true just because it was a hot team. Not necessarily Vikings even being complacent. It was just, you know, he didn't have Darisol, he didn't have Hitman, and they looked out, like, uh, overmatched. So was your, does the dejection that came out of that loss about how you thought you'd feel when you predicted Lions over Vikings? Um... I'm not really sure because I think if you look at how successful the offense was when it comes to numbers, when it comes to 425 yards for Kirk and then, you know, Justin Jefferson, 223, looking at the scoreboard and then looking at those stats, I my instinct would be to think that that was garbage time, that they were putting up numbers like that. Not that they were playing like that that much success on offense throughout the game mm-hmm. and still lost by by 11 points. Um, obviously we knew that the defense was struggling, wasn't good. You know, all of, you know, they're ranked what 32nd in the league. We knew they weren't good, but to see it that blatantly, uh, was pretty sick. 32 in the league. Say that again. Whose defense is 32? Vikings and yards allowed really? anyway. And the yards, and allowed, yards allowed. Yeah. Yeah. They and, you just... know, and, I, and I've seen somebody speak on that. Um, a uh, commentator has spoke on how the defense is kind of letting down the Vikings um, just this week, but I didn't know they were 32 in a run. Yeah, the, here's the deal. It's it's strange. They 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 leak like a sieve. They allow all these yards, but somehow they're usually pretty dynamic in the red zone, and they prevent the team from scoring a lot. And then I don't know what happens, but in the fourth quarter of most games, they literally turn into like a top 10 defense per, you know, expected points added. So it's this really strange thing where on the whole, they're a Swiss cheesy defense, but when it matters, they get good. And I don't know what stops them from doing that the whole game. Like, that's what I would say if I worked there, like, Hey guys, do it. You do in the fourth quarter, do it the first quarter. Well, and they're getting turnovers at the end of games too. Yeah. In mm-hmm. a couple games now they've had turnovers decide the game. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing I've tried to preach this week to anybody to listen that this defense is absolutely atrocious if it is not forcing turnovers. If sins are masked or there's deodorant, if the turnovers happen, then it's 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 passable. <laughs> but not like this. If you get zero turnovers, you're up a crick. Uh, Ron, so Kirk Cousins, to me, looked the best that I have seen him throwing the ball since about 2018. Like every throw just seemed there. And there wasn't, I don't think, any point in the game Unlike most Kirk games where you can look back and be like, yeah, he screwed the pooch here. No, the whole game for him was utterly flawless. Uh, what does it say about the Vikings that they can employ a quarterback who does that but still lose by 11 points? Well, <clears throat> you know, yeah, I, I think I agree. Kirk was like he was dropping him in a bucket um, the entire game. Even Hawkinson on that drive had that drop on the sideline. Um, but every throw was right on the money. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> where I think Kirk was let down aside from the defense and their uh, um, faults throughout the game. I mean, lack of pressure, you know, we can point fingers, you know, whether at the D coordinator um, or the personnel, whatever it is, either way, they're not getting pressure. Uh, for me, I thought the biggest or damning thing for the Vikings on Sunday was uh, I, I think O'Connell um, either tried to get too cute with it 
or was just out coached. Um, and it goes back to, <clears throat> you know, the Dalvin cook fumble, like that play, like it's first down, um, you know, inside the five or whatever it is. And you have a chance to tie the game, go into overtime, get the, or go into halftime, get the ball back. Like one, why are you trying a gadget play that you, we haven't seen at all. Like it's not like Derrick Henry where they do it a few times a year. Um, and on first down when, you want to eat some of the clock anyways. Like, why would you want your defense to go back out there? So that I thought was a uh, faulty. Also, what is up with this new toss to Dalvin um, to go up the middle? Mm-hmm. Like you literally, he has no momentum going forward. So he's catching it at a standstill in the backfield while your center and right guard are getting just absolutely blasted. I don't understand that at all. And then the, I know the analytics. I'm a big analytic fan myself. Um, say go for two when you're down by two scores. But at that point in the game, there's zero reason to do it. Um, I get it if it's in the fourth quarter to try to mitigate the risk of going to overtime. But in the third quarter, why are we doing it there? And then the onside kick. Um, you know, if your defense can't get a stop anyways, why would you give them the opportunity to potentially kick a field goal, like if not getting one stop rather than maybe getting a first down and then giving yourself a chance for the ball. So I thought this was, and I'm not saying it's going to be a trend out of them, but I think O'Connell let the, um, let the offense down in that regard because Kirk was dealing. Jefferson was, um, was playing extremely well. Like the offense was rolling. Um, and that's without, um, two starters on the offensive line. So, um, Again, we can talk about the defense even more, but uh, uh, you know, it's the Lions are playing well. We have to give them that, but also Jared Goff had too many clean pockets throughout the game, and that was frustrating. I think I don't have any defense or explanation for the onside kick. That one was flabbergasting to me. Uh, on the analytics calculators for going for two when you're trailing like that, the only problem is the analytics calculators don't know about the Vikings. They don't know about shit that happens to the Vikings and neither does O'Connell yet. And so he's playing it like, you know, a young whippersnapper that says, all right, the it's in all likelihood, it, we're going to get one of these two point conversions, whether we get it now or we get it with the game on the line. So that, that was the mindset there. It may have been a little bit early for it, but it's one of those things where if he got it, we'd look like he looks like absolute genius because then you have the momentum and all you need is a score. But the other thing that the analytics calculator doesn't know about is the Vikings extra point acumen. So if Joseph comes in, he probably misses it. And then we're back at a tie ball game. But that's neither here nor there. Brian, I've been dying to ask you this all week. I don't think I don't know. Maybe Ron has. Whoever asked you this, because the defense has played so poor since the Dallas game, all of a sudden there's a lot of sentiment by fans to fire the defensive coordinator. In 2012, right around this time on the calendar, uh, your team, the Ravens, fired uh, Cam Cameron, the offensive coordinator, in favor of Jim Caldwell. How did that go down? I don't care about how he was fired, but how did it, like, how did you acclimate to a new guy like that? Um, I was in the minute back in. In, back into the equation. Um, but a, a lot of the guys didn't really care for um, the former guy anyway. So I, it, we were kind of happy to have Caldwell come in and take the helms over and it, it like it lift the guy's spirits. I just want to give you a heads up. Somebody may join us. We might have a guest pop up in like a minute or so. So okay. I just want to give you a heads up to Uh-oh. look out for the window. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yep. There he comes. I don't. <laughs> Does he know about the the modern Vikings? Modern. We're about to find out. I told about right, what's up? Yo. What up, EJ? <laughs> what's up? You hear me? You see me? Yeah, we see you. We got you. 
Oh, so okay, okay. Y'all hey. caught me when I was leaving the game, so we gotta we gotta make we gotta wing it and make it work. Oh, okay. What, 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 what game leaving what leaving? game? Leaving what game? I said we gotta wing it and make it work. No, you leaving one of the son's games. Oh, okay. oh. Adrian James. I'm leaving my son. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. I don't know if the the, the listeners knew that, but this is Edron James. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. All right. Well, okay. how you doing, right. sir? Well, how you doing, sir? I'm chilling, man. Everybody good? Absolutely. Good. 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 So we played the calls this week, so we better get the head. Yeah, I think Perfect we, timing. I think yeah, we got a time. slight echo, a but I think slight, we can yeah, make that work. If it's on speaker, that's probably why. Can y'all hear me? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Oh, that's better. Okay. Yeah, that's, oh, that's better. No, never mind. That's the best I got for right now. No, that's all good. We'll make it work, oh, sir. All, we'll make it all work. right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna all put right, you so on the I'm spot. Gonna, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Edrin, the Vikings are the Colts Vikings coming to town in Minneapolis. The Colts are four eight and one. What do you expect from the Colts in this contest? <laughs> oh, we can't hear you. We got some technical oh. difficulties. <laughs> so can y'all hear me now? Yeah, now, now we can. Okay, I put the earpiece on. So okay, perfect. It's better. Yeah. It's better. Now go ahead and ask me that question again. Oh sure. So uh, the Colts four eight and one. Jeff Saturday is the the skipper. They're heading to Minneapolis to play the ten and three Vikings. And I guess off the cuff here, I want to know what do you expect from the Colts in this game? Well, they got to go out and play hard. They got to finish. You know, that's the thing they got to do. They got to finish. Minnesota a good team, but if Detroit can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> <laughs> we're catching you know? strays all of a sudden all right. it's not the same old lions i'll stand by that detroit can do it anybody can do it the vikings hooked them up with enough draft picks that they're going to be all right now we've been hearing that for 50 years <laughs> that's true what do you think the long term or at least off-season plan, um, Edrin, is for the Colts. Uh, does Saturday parlay this into a full-time gig, or is this truly interim? Uh, I really don't know, you know, but I know the owner's going to do whatever it takes to get the Colts in the best position to win. You know, that's a franchise that's been known for winning, mm -hmm. and the guy he's been around a long time, so he's going to make the right decision when the time comes. But right now, we're in the midst of a football season. Sure. We just got to finish this thing the best we can. Yep, and they're coming off a bye week, which I think uh, some of us uh, Vikings personnel have have forgot about, a very late bye week. Um, they did get crushed by the Cowboys in week 13. But uh, the last two times, I don't know how closely you study Vikings history, Edrin, probably not. The last two times these two teams have played, the Vikings have looked like shit, like total shit in 2016 and 2020. So, And overall, the Vikings haven't beat the Colts in 25 years. So there's a lot of bad voodoo going on for the Vikings. Uh, we shall I see. I hope it keeps going. I hope it keeps going. <laughs> yeah, you, you would say you would say something like that. Do you, do you have any uh, Vikings? Man, why wouldn't I? Why? Why? I'm a, I'm a Colt. Why wouldn't I? Y'all brought the wrong person on the show. No, no. Well, here's the I mean, funny part. That's what we love. Yeah, when you popped up here on the icon, it said uh, EJ's iPhone. I thought it was EJ Henderson, who used to play for the Vikings. And so <laughs> that's what I, was I thought. Already... Oh, couldn't see it. Yeah, you, yeah I, don't, I don't know probably, if you know who that you is. Probably, but... You probably should have gotten him. You probably should have gotten him if you wanted to. No, so. no. No, no, no. no. 
No, we get enough of him. Don't worry. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, Ed, you know, I, so I'll hop in here. I got a question. So there's one game I remember distinctly um, from the Vikings versus the Colts, and it's because I remember the year we had multiple games where our offense scored too quickly and our defense gave up um, gave up points to Ryan Longwell twice and then and uh, uh, Vander Jack on the other side. Um, but the what play in particular that I'm thinking of, and I can't, might have been 06 then or something like that. Um, Vikings were at Indy and we scored very quickly. <clears throat> and then there was a play, Peyton Manning, obviously, you know, one of the goats. Um, someone had him nearly in his grasp. And it was a dump off. Like Shuffle you were, pass. you were on the receiving end of it, but basically it kept the drive alive. Yeah. And Vanderjack went on to kick a field goal like that. So my question is, in the moment like that, obviously playing with one of the greatest to ever play the game in Peyton, um, in a play like that, when you were obviously very good in pass protection as well as everything else, you did well running the ball, catching the ball. Um, when you like turn around and have like or Patrick Mahomes does it a lot these days, where the unexpected nature of the play may not be dialed up. Like, what are you thinking in that moment as a running back that, Hey, this ball might be coming my way. And that's the first play that comes to mind when I, that, which brings that question up. I think when you play football, it goes back to your natural instincts. And then anybody that plays football, that's a play sandlot football, get out there as a kid. When the play, when the play breaks down, you just go back to, Sand lot football and hey, get me the ball any way you can, and we gotta do what we gotta do to win or to try to keep the um, drive going. So I just, you know, everything designed to go a certain way, but when it breaks down, hey, we gotta we gotta finesse this thing and we gotta just improvise, and that's what usually happens. And you see a lot with Patrick Mahomes. You know, when it breaks down, you know, he just improvising and he goes back to playing the childhood game that he's always played and trying to make something happen. Bryant, I usually ask the guests this, but I'll ask you. I'll be fair this time. You got an Edron James memory you can share with the group? Um, not really on the field. We weren't there at the same time in the University of Miami. Yeah. And then we now we're we're both on offense too, so I didn't really you know yeah. see him on the field or nothing like that. So nothing on like really on the field too much. Well, okay. it doesn't have to be on the field. <laughs> We want to know about off the field. Yeah, you come up with a TMI. What about a TMI? You got to pay for the good stuff. Oh, okay. I respect that. I respect that. We got, we got, well, we can we talk about the quarterback. The after hours. We got to protect the after hours. We hang out. <laughs> night yeah. life. I hear night you. Life. You got you to gotta be there. You got to witness it. You got to witness it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's how it should be. Um, But we can talk about the quarterback. What do you think? um, You know, they have Matt Ryan, obviously, who has not been playing well. And then they've got Nick Foles on the bench. Do you think um, do you think that they consider mixing it up? Because Jeff Saturday said he's not even thinking about it. Well, I haven't been paying attention where I'm inside of the rooms and knowing what's going on and know the reasons why. So whatever decision they make, you know, you're going to try to do what's best for the team. You know, you're going to try to make the right decision. So I'm not going to be somebody that jump in and try to play sideline coach. You know, let them do what they do, and I'm going I'm to watch it, and whatever happens, happens, you know. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> All right, Ed, do you so, want to give us a prediction? We haven't got to that little segment yet. Do you uh, Are you going to take the Colts, or what do you got for a Week 15 prediction, Vikings-Colts? 
But you know the, the the thing about this game right here, you got two of my favorite running backs. I like Davin Cook. You know, Davin Cook watched him in high school, you know, and of course he went to Florida State, so he's a rival. He leaves mm -hmm. Miami to go to Florida State. So he always pays him, but the chance anytime you get a chance to watch somebody in youth football and go to high school and watch them have success, you're always pulling for them. And then JT, Jonathan Taylor, you know, he's been great for the coach. He's been doing everything we would want out of that position. So you're pulling for them. So I think the game comes down to which, whichever one of them have the best game, that's who's going to win the game. So you mentioned uh, Jonathan Taylor, and obviously, you know, he's in his young career, he's proven uh, to be one of the best in the league. And, you know, it pains me to say that for a Wisconsin kid because uh, – uh, being on this side of the border, everything that side is uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not too fond of. But uh, now with obviously the very uh, like the newsworthy uh, hiring of Jeff Saturday. Now, I don't care about how he got the job or whatever. I'm going back. Obviously, you played with Jeff Saturday. And in my mind, being an offensive lineman, um, I'm sure he wants to run the ball more than anything. And uh, taking advantage of that beast in the backfield. But what are some things about Jeff Saturday and the way he's approached the game since he's been the coach that make it um, kind of, whether it's better or not, but different from what Frank Reich did while he was there to start the year? Well, uh, I don't I, I don't know exactly what the difference is, but, it, you know, it's, it's a different coach. And, you know, he has to go with what he knows, the things that he's learned throughout his playing career. And he has two former head coaches on the staff. So he has, you know, he has enough people around there helping him make decisions. So he's going to do everything he can to try to keep the guys going. If you look at the game, like the game against Dallas, they played three good quarters and it just went turnover, turnover, turn, and the game just got out of hand. So just playing good, <laughs> solid ball. When you play against the game against Philadelphia Eagles, you know, it came down to the last possession. You know, the last possession, they were winning the game. And, and so it's, it's, they're not too far off. You know, it's like they, they're in the ball game. It's just a matter of when things get out of hand. You know, the Dallas game, it, you know, everything just went left. But if you, if you watch that game all the way through halftime, you was like, okay, yeah, they're playing some good ball all the way to the third quarter. You know, so, you know, Saturday he's going to do what he knows. He's been around it enough. And football doesn't change. You know, it doesn't change. And you have, they, need to, they need to make sure they get the quarterback play on point, get Jonathan Taylor in sync with things and – Unfortunately, we didn't have the defense uh, with everybody, you know, but you know, that's part of the game. Okay. And then the other part, um, again, you mentioned Jonathan Taylor. So the Colts, um, obviously, they're since 98 or since the Manning draft, um, they've been blessed with, um, you know, two franchise quarterbacks, you know, for however long that was until Luck's abrupt retirement. But one of the underrated things about that Colt franchise is even, you know, before your time, Marshall Falk was there and then on to you. And then, you know, since then they've had good running backs. Um, and now obviously with Jonathan Taylor, what is it like, um, it, like, being in a position group um, for that franchise, obviously it's a storied franchise, uh, but be, having your name mentioned among the greats, um, again, past and present. Uh, well, what was the, I'm sorry, I think we're 
connection. Think, what's with. the question again? Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> like with with a franchise that you know, obviously, like has the name the name recognition of the quarterbacks. Obviously, it's there with the running backs as well. Going back to Marshall Falk before you, um, you know, Joseph Adai after you, and some other notable names on the Jonathan Taylor. What is it like knowing that you are considered one of the greatest to ever play for that franchise at your position? How does that feel? Well, you know, that's one thing you kind of set out to do. I think if you play the game, you want to be one of the best to ever do it. And to go to play for the coach and knowing that Marshall Falk was there and that Eric Dickerson was there and Lenny Moore was there, you know, they have so many guys that played before you. You want to uphold that end of the bargain. You want to make sure you represent and do the things that the greats do. You have proven example that actually was in that same building or wore that same uniform. So it just gives you an extra motivation to say, man, look, I, I'm playing in the same position that some of the greatest to ever play the game played in JT, you know, he's very receptive. He's a young kid. He's, he's um, humble. He, he asks questions and he wants to do, th- he wants to do great things. So those are things that you look for in somebody young and that's somebody that you root for. You help them as much as you can. You kind of give them that extra energy or the extra boost. Just let them know that you're pulling for them. All right, uh, Bryant. So Edrin says, whichever running back has the better day, that man's team will be triumphant. Uh, last week, most of the panel picked the Lions, and I think Ron ended up talking himself into it out of logic. So we're not, you know, homers here that just pick the Vikings every week. Uh, R- Bryant, who do you got this week? Colts at Vikings. Um, I'm still waiting on Darisol to come back because I say I feel like He's the left tackle was a big factor. He's and we, have, we missed two offensive linemen last weekend, correct? Yeah, Gary Bradbury is a maybe. I don't think he'll play, but Darisaw is back. All right, so Darisaw is back. So that's mm-hmm. that's a, um, a big improvement um, to have your left tackle back. He's been going for about three weeks now. Mm-hmm. Um, having him back is good. Just really need the defense to really kind of step up. I feel like offense has been pretty productive all season long. Um, and like we talked about last week in Detroit, how Jefferson had a great game and, you know, offense was doing their thing, just wasn't, you know, held up on the defensive side of the ball. So, we're at home, so hopefully, you know, the crowd gets behind our defense and, you know, creates a lot of noise and everything like that. So I am going to say, and he just come, came off a loss. So I, I'm, I'm going to go with the Vikings this week. Okay. Uh, Sally, I have Vikings rebounding proficiently 40-21, if you can believe that. What do you got, Sally? 40? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, look, I mean, if they don't win this game, I think there's a problem. No yeah. disrespect to the Colts whatsoever. But, I mean, if they're 31st in scoring offense – and the Vikings are 32nd um, in points allowed. It, I mean, it should be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I, I think the Vikings will win. If they don't, they got a lot more issues. But 40 points. Um, I'm going to go 35-24. Okay. If the Vikings lose this game, they will probably end up living in the three seed. You can kiss the two C goodbye, and then you got to start worrying about the the Bucks or you know the Seahawks dipping at their heels for the fourth seed. Because if they lose the Colts, it will indicate that we're we're going to have a little downturn after some of this ten and three noise. Uh, Ron, what's your pick? Well, so yeah, I think we're kind of all in the same boat in the sense that um, you know our offense has been rolling. Obviously, the Colts without Leonard that's huge because he's one of the best linebackers in the league. Um, I mean, DeForest Buckner, I feel like he's going to feast up front, um, just because he plays that position that he's going to line up 
you know, over Ed Ingram. And if Bradbury doesn't play Schlotman, then um, so that's going to be tough. Um, but I hope that our offense is able to prevail. Um, I do worry about our defense and, you know, Matt Ryan being a former MVP, allowing him to look like that former <laughs> MVP again. I mean, keep in mind when they threw up the graphic, um, you know, on Sunday that we've allowed whatever, like four, 400 plus passing yards and to the quarterbacks that we've done it to, you know, Mike White, um, you know, Matt Jones, Goff and whoever else is mixed in there. Like we've given up two miles of passing yards in the past month. And uh, Matt Ryan, you know, you don't last as long in the league with and win an MVP without having talent. So that's concerning. Um, but I do see our offense, you know, again, coming back home, the way that they were rolling last week, I see them, you know, continuing that. Um, hopefully we can get the running game off the ground and then most importantly, slow their running game. Um, but, uh, yeah, and it's hard to say over 30, the way that, um, everything has been going. Um, but I think I'm with you guys there. I think probably about 34 to 23 would be my prediction. Sorry, Adrian. Uh, no worries. You'll see. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> whichever team, hey, whichever running back has the best day, that's who's going to win. Yeah, no I'm gonna I'm gonna hear your voice in my head Saturday afternoon. Hearing, yeah, we'll see. Uh, you know, when things I'll are just going. Just make sure you call me. And say, Edge is right. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, Edge, you have any uh, any final thoughts? Uh, good sir. Uh no, no final thoughts. I pretty much, you know, the game doesn't change. I mean, you got two teams like that, and remember, if Detroit can do it. Anybody can do it. That's that's, that's his slogan this week. Uh, all right, Edge. Uh, very special thank you for impromptu joining us. Um, you know, and putting up with a couple of Vikings fans and your homie Brian McKinney for the night. <laughs> I right, appreciate man. it. Hey, yeah. Thank you very much, man. Y'all got you got a nice show, man. Keep it going. Oh, thanks, uh, Mac. No, anytime, anytime you need me, just give me a call. All right. Awesome. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Cool. All right. Nice to meet you. Right, thanks again. All right, guys, uh, I think that's that's pretty much a wrap uh, with Edrin James. We'll be back next week to preview the Christmas Eve game and talk about the 11-3 and three Vikings or the edge-predicted 10-4 and four Vikings, all right? Okay. okay. All right, guys. Thing my, it's a good yeah. thing, like, the random things that I remember, like, about <laughs> specific players that I made. <laughs> but yeah, I know Ron. I brought up to you, Bryant, that the, that uh, that specific Edrin play from that year. Wait, I, again, I can't remember what it was, but... That's how my brain works, just remember yeah, no, it, random things. It bailed us out with some content tonight. <laughs> All, All right, right you guys, it did. Yeah. All good. Yep. Yeah, you guys have a wonderful you. night. <laughs> Who did we bring out? I brought somebody else on the spot like that one time, and I can't remember. Uh, well, Moeldy Moore. Oh, Moeldy, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. See, Edrin, I, I realized it was the Colts, and, but I knew he was going to his son's game, so that's why I was like, he said, well, can you try to move it back? But he's like, oh, I'm going to be in the car, and I was like, "Okay, just pop in if you can. So Yeah, no, it, no, it works. All thanks to, to Ron's. Uh, sports savvy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's gonna go brag to his coworkers tomorrow. I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah. No, it's the it's the one buddy that I have that I remember because it was I was in seventh grade when he was drafted, um, yeah. and I remember in our uh, geography class, like the project was, you know, we were doing a like a map of where like athletes were from, like just essentially putting pins in it to kind of see like, oh, how territorial our sports is up. He was like. I need to have Edger and James. I don't care what it needs me to do. I need to have Edger and James. And uh, so I, t- I texted him. I was like, Oh, your boy. on." Yeah. No, and you'll have, you'll have video evidence of it here shortly. Cause I'll, I'll put this one up on YouTube tomorrow. 
All right, you guys. Yep. I realized y'all. I realized his name's at EJ, and I was like, yeah, I know they don't realize it's Adrian. So that's yeah, I was about ready to announce to the listeners that it was EJ Henderson because you couldn't see him either. <laughs> you couldn't see him. Yeah, that would have been like, that's, what that's the what hell? I, I said, oh wait, let me say who it is. Yeah, he would have been like, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> that's why I didn't want to like step in and like say something because like like obviously like I. I've seen EJ around like at the Lifetime and stuff before, and so I could tell the facial features weren't quite the same. But, and but I'm like, I couldn't pick pick out who it was, and I'm like, so. Yeah. But yeah. All right, you guys yeah, have a wonderful cool. night. And okay. We'll, we'll talk next week. Okay. Yeah. Talk to y'all next right. week. Later. Bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.